Hey, this is Benji Nichols, and you found it. It's Rhymes with Decora. Here we are in the early days of this podcast adventure. Rhymes with Decora, stories about communities you love by people you trust. This is what we're doing. I have a very, very special guest today I'm excited to have here. The one and only Stephanie Fromm. Welcome. Hello. We're happy to have you here. Thanks so much for agreeing to do this, being one of the uh, early guests um, that I have uh, asked politely to be on what has become our podcast. We're super excited about this. Uh, Stephanie Fromm is with Winnesheet County Development, WCDI, as those of us often like to say. And I'm super excited that you were willing to do this. Um, one of the things I want to cover in the first handful of these podcasts are some of the big things that our communities are talking about and we're trying to find answers to. And you are one of the people that has gone out there and just found answers yeah. <laughs> and made them happen and found other people to make them happen. Stumbled into them, found them. Hey, we'll take it. <laughs> however, however, it's going to work. Um, tell us quick, Stephanie, what's your background? Uh, yeah, so hmm, my background. Where'd you start? School? Uh, I went to school yeah. Yeah, for a while. <laughs> College. Went, went to went to Decorah, graduated from Decorah. I uh, went to Luther. Yes. Um, moved away, met a boy, moved away. Yeah. Moved to another way and then, you know, found our way back to Decora because Absolutely. of this job, actually. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. And, and we can mention as well, Mr. Fromm, of course, several people might know in the Decora educational system. So he's just rocking it. Fantastic yeah. as well. You guys have how many awesome kiddos? Uh, we have three. Three awesome yeah. kiddos. Man, we have one. And I, um, I'm not sure how anybody keeps up. So I, <laughs> I admire anybody with more than any kids. But no. <laughs> you guys are awesome, amazing family. You're both out there rocking it, doing great stuff, and it's it's super amazing to watch. So WCDI brought you somewhat back to Decora, right? Both you guys boomeranging back this way, which is amazing. Um, a little background for those that don't know. I think I was doing my research. Um, Winnesheet County Development was started maybe in about 1992, early yep. 90s. Yep. Essentially the economic development arm Yes. For Winnesheet County, right? Yeah. Can you so give it a actually, background of that. Um, it actually was started. I think it was called Decora Development, and, I, and the only reason I know this is because it's been repeated, you know, multiple times over the years. <laughs> uh, the story, the storyline. Mike Carmen uh, yes. tells it really well. Uh, so if you really want the story, ask him. But um, yeah, I think it was it was started in the mid '70s, early '70s, by just a group of community uh, passionate people. Absolutely. Um, and you know. Between the 70s and 80s, 90s, they did some projects uh, out in the Freeport Industrial Park. And at that time, it was uh, Decorah Jobs, but it was called Decorah Development. And then they, you know, over time, they said, well, we should really have something for the entire county. Decorah's doing all these projects yeah, uh, with Collins and um, Camcar at the time. They right. were very instrumental in getting that here, that yeah. manufacturer here. And uh, build the spec, spec building, expanded the spec building, sold the spec building, did all of these things. Um, actually, when Freeport Industrial Park was started, I don't think there was any roads. There was no roads. So they wow. sold the land. They're like, how do we get, how are we going to get people there? Because it was just, you know, <laughs> vacant land at that time. So Absolutely. And for those who don't know, Freeport, of course, is just out uh, off of Highway 9 in Decorah. And that was the original then business park yep. uh, where businesses kind of started. I and mean, we have things like... Um, uh, IRP, Iowa Rotocast Plastics is out there. Yep. And then, of course, there's some other industries that are built up around that. Collins, um, Gemini. Yep. Voltmer Electric, I Voltmer. think, is still out there. So, yep. yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing to watch and see. And one of the things that always amazes me is, you know, we are 
we are really isolated. We're in rural Northeast Iowa. I mean, we're an hour from anything else I like to say that, that yeah. counts as a city, right? And so for us uh, here in Northeast Iowa and Winnesheet County, and, and of course, as you look across other counties in Northeast Iowa, I'm always amazed when we can we can get manufacturers and keep them. Yeah. And in some ways, right, there's businesses that are perfect to be here and yep. operate in agriculture and other things. And in other ways, it's a real challenging place to run a business, it especially really logistically yeah. and, and whatever else. So in those businesses that you're, you're explaining that we've gotten over the years to come here, it's, you know, really important as well that we find ways to, to keep, keep them, them here, yes. right? <laughs> yes. They used to say, you know, if only you had an interstate... And now they say, right. you're lucky you don't have an interstate. No, I'm wow. just kidding. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it really right. is. I mean, it's quality of life is what attracts people and yes. businesses follow where the people are. So, you know, Absolutely. when I talk about downtown events and Main Street, uh, Main Street happenings, you know, between concerts, live music, farmer's market, all of these things are bringing people in. Yeah. I think it was Roger Brooks that had talked about it yes. in one of the conferences. And he's like, you know, businesses will follow where the people go. And if you host just a simple event you know, once or twice a month during the summer. So similar to trivia. Absolutely. It starts attracting all of these entrepreneurs and, yeah. and different businesses that sort of cater to that crowd. And now you see food trucks popping up, right. you know, and you, and you see coffee shops opening up the side of their building so that they can serve directly outside of, of their establishment, which is something unique that hasn't been done really since Absolutely. forever ago, you yeah. know? So we're kind of like full circle coming back to trying to just treat the people where they are and yeah absolutely i had my first uh I had, that sparked me i had my first whippy dip last night <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i was on my way home from work and yeah. uh, i was like you know what i need it's hot out i need an ice cream cone <laughs> full circle but, right but there it is out the window right i mean it's like what's old is new and new is old yeah it's um, great yeah. yeah it is and and not to skip over on on wcdi and decor jobs i mean the the other things that, that you know are you're tasked with and also work on is you know all sorts of things it's not just the business park it's also um you know it's infrastructure and how to get infrastructure like you're saying to the business park and so when the new as we like to still call it business park was built up yeah. on highway nine by the airport area that you know that area of course didn't have much for infrastructure right and yeah streets and roads of course but i mean water sewer electric i yep. mean industrial electric like all of those things right? yeah so, so that was that was was kind of completed right before or right early on when I when I started this position about seven years ago um, and so they slowly transitioned each of the businesses that were already up there from private wells to tapping into the sewer uh, yeah. water from the city you bet yeah, and it's interesting as, as things change and cities change, you know, businesses come and businesses go, um, you know, I, my family being involved in poultry processing back in the day, yeah. uh, used to talk about that, used tons of water. And of course the, um, what was foremost farms and other things before that, the creamery was there, mm, yeah. used tons of water. Those businesses went away, but then we had other businesses that kind of came along the way, like Toppling Goliath oh, yeah. and, and plug in and kind of, you know, fit some of those gaps too, but that all relates back to infrastructure, right? It really and, does. Yeah. And water treatment and our sewer plant, like all sorts of, you know, Things that not everybody thinks about every day, but are also huge parts of economic development, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, if we didn't if we didn't have the water and sewer that were up there, it would have been really hard to entice and convince Toppling Goliath to expand locally because they were looking at how do we expand? We need more space, but we also need city infrastructure. Absolutely. And because we had the business park, you know, we were able to work with them um, and offers them some incentives. But ultimately, yeah. I mean, think about the payback. Yeah. That, that one business has given us. I mean, and, that, and they're not the only ones, yep. obviously, but 
that no, was one that I was involved in right away that I'm like, wait a sec. So it, it is amazing to me, you know, when I talk about decor, and this is something I'll probably say again and again on the podcast, but people always ask me about living here and moving back. And I don't know how you feel about it, but I always say, you know, I, I have moved back and Decora has changed um, a lot of ways, but it's changed almost to me in exclusively really great ways in a lot of ways. Definitely. We have our challenges and yeah. we're going to talk about those, but you know, so many things have happened and that's because of people being willing to take the risks and also find some help along the way to expand their businesses, right? I Definitely. mean, I remember the early days of Top Lane and sitting up on College Drive and loving it and having a mug and nugget and <laughs> after I'd go for my bike ride and, you know, those are really great memories and those were those were awesome things for those of us. I, I actually got quoted in another article on Top Lane that I didn't know I was going to get quoted in about how um, some of the quote-unquote old-timers got a little grumpy oh. um, <laughs> once they moved because yeah. we lost our, our neighborhood hangout, right? Sure. Um, but what's incredible is the, the world-class facility that we've gotten and that Definitely. kind of draw is is you know you really it, it's very difficult it's actually not difficult to put a number on yeah. <laughs> we've, we've done that yep. right yep. but at the same time um it's really i don't know that anybody could have forecasted what that impact would be right and beer tourism and oh, all those sure. things are just huge huge things and just employee base i mean think of the number of employees that they have that absolutely aren't actually from here but then ended up landing here um i remember talking to kurt weimer early on when they were attempting to hire a bunch of people um, right when they kind of started opening. And Absolutely. Uh, Sarah, uh, their head, you know, one of their designers, their lead designers up there, I don't know what her title yes. is now, but yeah. she talked about, like, you know, she came here, she flew in, she visited, you know, um, with some of the team, you know, they did the interview thing, and, and Kurt basically just said, you know, so do you want, you, you have a little bit of time, I can take you up to the new site because it was still being, like, constructed, or I can take you uh, to Seed Savers because he knew that she really liked to garden That's awesome. and she's like do I still get the job if I get to if I go to seed savers <laughs> and so they end up going to seed savers and that's literally what convinced her to move here because of just the wide variety of things that we have to offer I love that and so that's also I mean that's another part of your job also is is working in you know the tourism end of things right I mean yeah. you, and and Jessica who we're also going to talk to uh, yeah. from the chamber but um, you know it's also part of your world and of course that's a huge part of economic development is not only you know, getting businesses here and people, but also getting people to visit, also getting people to visit and realize that this is a great place to be. Yep, definitely. Um, that's an amazing thing. You know, I was in on a conversation um, this morning with Winnesheka Medical Center, and it's amazing to hear, you know, the recruiting efforts that go into oh, getting yeah. young, dynamic providers to move here. Mm -hmm. uh, and they said, you know, the, the, one of the most important things we can do is, is all the things we're doing, you know, supporting those businesses that people want to see, yeah. uh, having a, a thriving downtown, having a thriving county that has a great park system yes. <laughs> across a region, yeah. you know, all of those things. Yeah. That's really amazing. Yeah, we, uh, we do a good job tag teaming to tourism. You know, it used to be this separate sort of entity, uh, 501c6 as well, so very membership focused. And then there was some tr transition, you know, we uh, sort of, I don't, I don't know, uh, took over, I guess, in terms of the name. Uh, but really the, the jobs itself, you know, we, you we do work on some of the bigger infrastructure stuff and then, you know, partner with the chamber on some of the, you know, 
more boots on the ground types of things with between the visitor center and brochures and design. I mean, yeah. Jessica is just amazing in all of those things. So is Amanda too. So Absolutely. You know, one of the things I was going to bring up, we're going to take a break here in a second. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the Sunflower and the Discovery Center, uh, which is an awesome topic. So, uh, you know, we're going to get to that. But you mentioned brochures. And one of my favorite things that has come out in the last couple of years are the river guides, the paddling guides. And I know RC&D was involved. You were involved. Some other people uh, it really cool pocket maps, essentially, for uh, the Upper Iowa River and other rivers in our area. And those are awesome in their own sense. Uh, those are available right at the Tourism Center. But yeah. also what I loved is that you had the idea to put them in vending machines. Yeah, that was <laughs> so, a COVID so, idea. It's so good. Uh, RC&D is just phenomenal. I mean, their team in general is just like just a wide variety of talent there. And uh, Laura Freest now works for Winnipeg County Development, but was the former director from the RC&D for, I don't even know, 20 plus years, I think, 30 maybe. Yeah. Um, so it was a conversation between some of their team members, uh, myself and Laura, and we're like, you know, there's this tourism grant coming up. What are we going to apply for? And we had talked about over time doing vending machines. And, I'm, uh, you know, we're all on Google as we're on this conference call and we're all at <laughs> home, you know, during COVID. And it's like, what if we did? I saw on Shark Tank this one time, uh, they're called Vango machines. And at that time, uh, these Vango machines were being used on the East Coast in the subways, and they were selling, like, PPE, so masks and hand oh, sanitizer. Wow. And, you know, I'm like, what if we just contact them and see if we could sort of manipulate their – I mean, it would probably be the same kind of concept if instead of masks we're putting in brochures. Right. So right. Jared made the call, and they're like, this is the first time these machines have ever been used in Iowa wow. and for this purpose. So it was almost a pilot that's uh, so, you know, the first one I saw too, I, a handful of us who like to ride bikes had ridden out to the Bluffton store oh, yeah. as we are known to do occasionally. And, uh, I was there and here was this awesome, beautiful vending machine on the wall, which was a little out of place. Yeah. Love the old jukebox. I don't know if it's still there, but anyway, uh, but here it was this beautiful vending machine and the river guys. And it was just a genius, an aha moment where it's like, you couldn't have a better fit, yeah. right? It was just a really, really great so well, that's we, a cool project. We got the grant for just one. And then we were talking to Hotel Motel, uh, the committee, I guess, the marketing committee for the, the city. And and we're like, you know, we have this one. And Jessica's like, well, we should just buy two more. And then we could spread them out. And I'm like, okay. You know, and everyone's like, okay. You know, so we all said yes. But over this last winter, so we launched that last year. They've been almost out for an entire year now. It'll be wow. a year in the summer. Cool. Um, but this last winter, we actually designed a winter recreation guide uh with uh, the RCD's talent, sort of um, their design talent, and then um, a snowmobile map. Oh yeah, cool. Which has never been done. I think the the clubs themselves design their sure. own map, and I think it's more of a fundraiser. So we actually worked with those clubs to say, hey, how do we make an an entire county map, and we're going to make them all the same size. Yeah. So they're all the same size. Yes. I mean, it's it's getting there to where we're resizing everything about the same size that pocket style. Yeah. Foldable style. So. Oh, it's such a cool project and such a neat thing to have happen and really help visitors, you know, find their way when they do come here and, and check things out. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more with Stephanie Fromm from Winnipeg County Development about the Sunflower Daycare Project and the Decor Discovery Center. Lots of cool stuff to come. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Eric from Cardboard Robot. Uh, we're sponsoring this thing. 
We're downtown Decorah. We sell art supplies and clever toys and stuff. And when Skip the dog and I are not eating red chicken curry, we're listening to Rhymes with Decorah. Uh, yeah, that is Mr. Eric Sovereign from Cardboard Robot, one of our very special sponsors here for Rhymes with Decorah. You can find out more about Cardboard Robot at card-bot.com. Uh, you know, and uh, what are you going to make today? That's what Cardboard Robot's all about in Winnebago Street in downtown Decorah. Also, Inspired Media. Yes, that's right. Uh, my wife and I also own a media company, and uh, we are putting together Rhymes with Decora. But also, Inspire Media is a quarterly source for positive news across our region. We're going into year 15 of Inspired. We're going to hear more from her soon as well. And uh, she is, uh, my wife Erin, the driving force behind Inspired. You can find all of it at iloveinspired.com. And we'll tell you more about that. But currently, this is Rhymes with Decora. We're here with Stephanie Fromm of WCDI. And we are going to talk a little more now about the Sunflower Daycare Project. Uh, I'm sorry, not Daycare Project. And also the Decora Discovery Center. So, Stephanie, what can you tell us about how this project came to be? Yeah. Um, hmm. It was about, I think it was 2018 or 2019. Um, well, when, when Zach and I moved back, we obviously had experienced... Uh, a little bit of uh, hardship in trying to find childcare, and I thought it was just sort of a unique circumstance, really. This is a common story. <laughs> yes, so it was like we had three weeks to move back, and Zach actually was teaching down in Dubuque still, so um, we ended up finding a family friend that would uh, take on a, a, you know, a newborn while he was three months old at that wow. time. Wow, yeah. Um, so we, we, we figured it out, um, and, and that was that. You know, we, got, we had been on the wait list at, at Sunflower at that time, and so there was a, a little bit of a personal connection with the problem. But again, I was sort of internalizing like, oh, this is my, this was my, my problem because I, we, we moved in such a short time span. You know, we didn't, we had planned for daycare down in Dubuque. And then when I accepted this job, um, it Absolutely. was sort of like a scramble, right? Yeah. And that's a story I think we hear over and over again, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, that's such is life, right? You know, like, you don't, you don't plan, you can't always plan for everything. Sometimes things just happen and you gotta, you gotta take a, take a, uh, the opportunity, I guess. You bet. It. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, they, you know, at that time we, we finally got off the wait list about a year and a half later and wow. he was about 18 months old at that time when we got in. And, um, I think I, we had gone there for a while and had another baby obviously. Yeah. And, um, and I joined the board, and I remember my ah, first yes. board meeting. You know, as a parent, <laughs> I joined the board. This is the famous decor moment. It. Yes, and like I remember this rural thing. Iowa moment. Yeah, like would you like to? Well, you, yeah. Do you want to join the board? I'm like, oh, okay, I have a lot of night meetings already, but sure. Yes. You know, uh, I remember that first meeting though, and they were talking about this wait list, and I'm like, holy cannoli, 140 kids on this wait list. Wow, and this was. A few years ago. This was in 2019, yeah, I think. Yeah, it was 2019. Wow. So at that time, I'm like, why aren't we not knowing how daycare works? It's like, you know, why don't you guys expand if you have that much demand right. for center-style daycare? Like, you should just expand. And they're like, well, there's a little bit more to that. So, we, <laughs> they, you know, I went through this whole sort of learning process for months, I remember. Like, oh, you can't just add on 3,000 square feet because uh. you could, you know – care for children in there but ultimately like where are the children going to go when they turn two and then yeah. three like you have to expand every single classroom a certain square footage in order to accommodate um, more children so at that time they were sort of maxed out on their uh, enrollment capacity 
um, and they were, you know, providing a service to about 123 kids at any given time, I think at that time. That's incredible. With um, at least that many more waiting for a spot. Yeah, it's yeah. just crazy. And, That's you know, incredible. you talk to these families that finally get in in preschool, and they're like, yeah, we've been on the wait list since she was born for right. five years. Wow. And just devastating, you know. Yeah. And yeah. So I'm and like, of okay, course, from, is- from your from your aspect as an economic, you know, development person, I mean, that is a huge uh, stopgap. I mean, that is just, oh, for that's, sure. a, that's an enormous barrier to yeah. getting people here, staying here, working, keeping working, people in the workforce. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like having the conversation with these parents that are like, oh yeah, we've been on the wait list for five years, yeah. knowing that one of them was staying home that t- entire time because yes. they have no other options. Yes. Right. And so I'm like, well, you know, where are the in-homes at? So I've talked to a few of the in-homes at that time saying like, you know, are you getting a lot of calls? And yeah, they're like at least one a day, if not two. And I don't even respond to the phone calls because it's just too much. It's just too much calling and asking and I'm already at my limit or over. Right. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh my gosh. So what's happening here? So it's almost like we, I sort of took off my mom hat at that time and put on my (laughs) economic development, like, holy cannoli, like this is like a serious county sort of issue. And what does this mean? So we, at that time, we started talking to a lot of the employers, the bigger employers, especially, and they're saying, you know, we are seeing it uh, sort of as a, they, they, that their employees aren't able to take a promotion because it may take them off of the night shift right. and then they can't find childcare. So they're not taking advantage of increasing their sort of working rank. And then you see other people that end up having, you know, starting a family and then saying we can't find childcare, so now we have to move. Yeah, and so wow. they're just losing people in it from the community because of this problem. You know, and I think it was around that time I had a couple of things that happened really quickly. I had been to one of the early um, Iowa rural summits, the rural economic development summits with Bill Menner and a bunch of folks. And I met Shelly Oldsman, who is from out um, down on the eastern edge of the state on the river. And um, was working on this same subject a lot down in uh, in her corner of the world. And then other people across the state. But it was amazing because it was one of those things, much like housing or some of the other things, where people like the, the answers weren't clear. Yeah. <laughs> and, and one of the things I've been amazed by is, I mean, in just hearing your story, I mean, you saw the opportunity, you saw the challenge, and you also saw the channel that we could push this through. And that's really incredible. But it takes that force you know, to happen and then reaching out to local companies, obviously. Uh, and then Haywood Stowe was one of the other people yeah. that connected around that time from Collins, right? Yeah. And and a few people who, who really got the challenge and realized, you know, this was something that could, could happen probably. Right? Yeah. He was actually featured in, um, in our video that we had done for the project itself. So yes. it like at that time, you know, it's 2019 ish and we're like, Hey, let's just design. What would it look like if we could build a new center? And at that time we had a footprint, we worked with an architect and just said like, here's the classrooms, here's the perfect square footage of each of these classrooms. And here's, uh, what your capacity would be in each of these ones. And then we're going to include some of these really cool, innovative rooms because this will be like a state-of-the-art, innovative child development center. And that's when Laura came into the picture. Yeah. <laughs> Laura Freeze shows up. Yes. And, and I called her, and she had just recently retired, you know, and and we had crossed paths that, I mean, I grew up with her, with Jessica and Jenna, her daughters. Yeah. So there's, it, you know, we, we were very familiar with each other, but in terms of work, I'm like, what, how do I, I know you've done these <laughs> things, like, how do I take this to the next level? And she's like, let's have a meeting. So we met and it was myself, her and Josh Dansdale. And yeah. I remember just sitting down in the boardroom for like an hour and a half looking at these plans. And ultimately what came out of that meeting was like, hey, you have these really neat individual classrooms. And it was you know, a science room, an art room, and it was basically a school for young people, little people. Yeah. And she's like, what if you took all of these classrooms 
and put them all over to one side of the building, and then you kept your childcare separate. And that was actually, that had come out of our, our survey, too. We had done a wow. survey, a childcare needs survey, to figure out how much demand we actually have sure. out there. yeah. And this constant, like, extra question, like, is there anything else you'd like us to know? <laughs> it was just, like, over and over and over and over, like, we need indoor play space. We need indoor play space. We need oh, play space for there, kids. Like, there, we need birthday party space. There may not be a greater challenge than being a parent of a young child in, in rural Iowa in the middle of winter. Oh, yeah. There are only so many outdoor hours you can spend. Yeah, and, you, and then you're you're going to walk the aisles at Walmart or the buildings at Luther. Don't tell anybody. Yeah, or, yes. uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> something else, anything else, right? Yeah, we've been told that this is a, uh, this is a marriage saver, this project, you know. <laughs> So you think this like, ways. yeah, no, this like, so we, we basically manipulated the building to be able to serve two purposes for the community, um, to have some indoor active learning spaces and then childcare on the other side. And that's really where the, the name, the discovery part of it comes yeah. in, right? So I should say already, so the website for the project, decoradiscovery.org, yep. yes. right? So decoradiscovery.org. And you can find all the information there. You can find some of the videos, the plans, you know, what's been the works. There's also some great factual information there, just about numbers like you were talking about and other things. Um, we can talk quick about fundraising as well, because obviously a huge part of this is you guys did go out and hustle. You have found some amazing funding, which I want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but also then people can still donate to the project and pledge. Yes. You can pledge yep. over multiple years. You can give in one time. Like those are all things that are still happening. There's still money to be raised. There's... The project is on track, but like that still needs to happen. So people can check that out at decoradiscovery.org for sure. Um, let's back up to that for a second. So you guys went out and started writing grants, doing some, some connecting the dots yes. and found some funding and through that found some pretty good state level connections, right? Yeah. It, it was basically, uh, we, we were presented with a gift. I mean, we were, you know, we were working hard. We developed the plan early on. Uh, we wrote a grant to help with some of that technical assistance. At that time, development was sort of leading this entire project. Absolutely. With Sunflower sort of hanging out there as a possible owner, right? And so it came, it became just sort of a development project. Um, and yeah, we were funded by the USDA and a rural business development grant uh, to help pay for some of the plan, early on plans. So yeah. like that financial plan. Uh, the fundraising plan, those documents that you referred to that live on our website, all of the design and stuff of those, um, as well as a, as a financial feasibility study of our business plan. So yeah. we worked with a lot of state agencies. I mean, there was just a ton of players at the table at that time. And then the location came into play a little bit, yeah. right? Because originally you looked, I mean, the, the Sunflower Daycare Center currently, as it's existed for quite a while, ha is housed in what was an old church. Yes. Uh, not an old church. I mean, it was a new built church. It's not like a hundred year old church, but it is not a new facility. Yes. And it has challenges. It has had structural challenges and other things over the years. And I, I've known some of the other parents and board members who've been involved and absolutely made the best of every square inch yes. that you guys possibly could, <laughs> yes. uh, which is really amazing. But I know when you started looking, then that site was sort of the original site of, okay, what can we do here? And then it became clear that that didn't make as much sense once you could look at a little bigger project, something that wasn't just a daycare, but a community resource, yes. right? Yeah. Kind of scouted all over. And now? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we we scouted every, every possible development site. And, <laughs> of course, everything, nothing was for free, right? So it was like, right. okay, how do we, we justify? Live in a bowl. <laughs> yeah, how do we raise money for just the, the site and then also raise money for the facility? So, you know, we, at that time, we were writing grants and stuff. And we're like, hey, let's just... Let's just see if we can do it on the Sunflower site. We'll try to make it work. We'll ma manipulate it. We'll try to build as we're still occupied in that existing building, if that could be 
potential uh, possibility, I guess. And then all of a sudden, it was like last summer, Steve was hired at the Winnishik Medical Center, Steve Slesser. Yes. Just a rock star. <laughs> came out of nowhere. Came and was like, hey, <laughs> you know, I'm meeting with a lot of community people, and everybody keeps talking about this child care issue. How can we be a good partner? And I'm like, hey, you could give us some land. Like, that'd be great, right? <laughs> and as a joke, right? Because we had actually pursued that, and it was sort of like a non-starter of a conversation at that time. Sure. And and he's like, no, well, like, let me let me talk to some of the trustees and and then ultimately, yeah, it was like four acres of land was was donated wow. towards the project and on their campus and just yeah. And for folks who, who may not be familiar yet, it's right off of Montgomery Street, off of Highway Nine and Decora, on the east end of town, right uh, adjacent sort of to our medical campus. Yes. Um. So it's a really it's a great location. Yes. Already has some infrastructure. There'll be some more, but you know, already already exists. We don't have to completely yes. reinvent the wheel, right? Yes. <laughs> it's a little bit more challenging just in terms of the. Uh, I don't know, the hill and like just the site work, yeah. I guess, uh, yeah. that's a little bit more challenging. And because of the size, it kind of triggered the uh, stormwater ordinance. So we've been uh, yes. very familiar yeah. as a developer, right? <laughs> like, oh, I know exactly how all this stuff works now, right? So, uh, And this all leads back to child care, right? It's <laughs> yes. just like, how in the world? Yes, yes. Well, what I'll say is it's a really incredible project. I think we could talk about it for a long time. The, the coolest part to me is that it's not only going to help significantly with our child care um, challenges, but it's also going to provide that you know second, third space, whatever you want to call it, for families, for young people, and other organizations probably along the way yes. in separate entities that will work co- you know together and also on a campus that there's some you know potential momentum together. There's some really really lots neat, of partnerships, neat partnerships yeah. that can come together. So one of the other things before we wrap up that's amazing to me about this, like a kudos for seeing the challenge and not only seeing it and identifying it, but just being like, okay, how do we do this? Yes. That's what it takes in a small community, right? Yes. But because of that work. You have helped spearhead with, you know, lots of other folks and, and resources along the way. But something that now is becoming potentially um, at least one example of a model across our state. Yes. Right. I mean, there are yeah. communities all over that are looking at this challenge and trying to figure it out. And, and because of that, I believe you also have landed on a really cool task force board. Yes. Uh, that's the governor's task force, right? Yeah, the Grow Iowa task Grow force. Grow Iowa task force. Yeah. yeah, which is awesome. And you can tell me quick about that. But yeah. I mean... Oh, just a group, like just an awesome group of people. I mean, everybody's sort of like, we're all in it together. It's a bunch of rural communities sort of represented on the Grow Iowa Task Force. So really focusing on sort of rural mindset, rural projects and problems ultimately. So the childcare, you know, I've I've gone on like soapbox speeches during some (laughs) of our meetings, which I, you know, appreciate their patience because they, they know I'm coming from a good place and they too, I mean, understand and see the childcare issues but it's all about diversifying income. I mean, childcare is broken. The model's broken. You can't charge enough to families to pay staff a living, a living wage, Absolutely. offer benefits, all of these things that you need to attract workforce. So it's about how do we make money by doing something like or complementary that we would ultimately need anyways in a childcare to then help pay for our staff too. And so that's where this discovery center came from is like, oh, we could charge day passes or annual pa- family passes just to make a little bit of money you that bet. we then give to and and be able to pay higher wages on the childcare side. Absolutely. So that as like a state plan, I mean, the governor herself has said, you know, this is such a wonderful idea because <laughs> we know childcare is a problem, but we also want to make family-friendly communities. We, we want our yes. population to grow, and especially in rural communities when it's really hard to kind of get integrated into the community. It's like, how do we attract families, family-friendly focus. Yes. That's, that's what it has to be. Yes. It's all about kids. 
Absolutely. It, it all comes back down to kids. No, it's incredible. And kids and projects and, and identifying those challenges, taking them on, making rural places better. I mean, that's what it's all about. Those are the conversations that are happening across our communities. Those are the conversations we want to have here. Uh, it's so exciting. Thanks for taking the time yeah. out of your day to do this. There's so much more we could talk about. I hope you'll be willing to come back again I'll sometime back. And, yeah. and we'll keep talking about all the amazing things that we didn't even touch on today. But, uh, you know, it's incredible. I give you a ton of credit for uh, helping identify and pull people together to tackle this challenge. Again, people should check it out. Um, go to the website, decoradiscovery.org. There's support still needed for the project, but it is happening. It's on the way. Plans are in place. Yes. <laughs> it's very exciting. Yeah. So. Thanks so much for being on, Steph. Um, and we will uh, we'll have you on again for sure sometime. Sounds great. Thank, Thank you. you. You've been listening to Rhymes with Decora, a new podcast project from Inspired Media. Stories about communities you love by people you trust. We appreciate it. Check it all out at decora.fun. That's our website. That's the whole thing, decora.fun, F-U-N. Can you believe that's even a thing? It is. Well, check it out. We appreciate you being here. Also, if you've enjoyed the music that you're hearing behind this, our good friend Nick Zielinski. You can find him on Instagram at Indicative of Drumming. Nick and his awesome family live here in Decora. He's a good friend. He's a great drummer. We appreciate him as well. Thanks for being here. Thanks for checking it out. Talk soon.